Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you watch an eagle fly, um, it flies faster, it flies higher, and it just, it goes off a cliff and it just, God's given this thing an amazing wingspan and the weight of it, it just soars. It looks effortless, but it is flying, it can dive, it can do all these things. God says, that's what I'll do for you. You will mount up with wings like eagles. It won't be like a pigeon. It won't be like a hummingbird, you know, flapping away. And just, I tried, I tried really hard, Lord. I did the best I could. God said, I'll do it. It'll be my strength. And you'll just soar. Did you ever watch an eagle fly? They fly so effortlessly. Are you flying like an eagle or a hummingbird? Pastor Bill encourages us today to learn to wait on the Lord, and he will cause us to soar with little effort. Waiting on God is one of the hardest things we can do. We must stop striving in our own efforts and wait for His effort. When we wait on the Lord, we are actively intertwining and abiding with Him. Let's be strong in the Lord and learn to wait on His wind to lift us up and to cause us to soar like an eagle. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The people that God was using were people that were saying, I can't, I don't wanna, I'm scared. And God was like, I got you, You're gonna be, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna get all the glory when I do it through you. When David killed Goliath, if he had been a big, swole, strong, muscular warrior brother, it, people would have said, David's a bad dude. They, David would have got the credit. God picked him, it said that David was cute. He was a little ruddy, he was just like a little cute kid. You know, you see a little boys running around, little cute curly haired boy David, oh, he's cute. David, God did it through him so that when it was done, they would say, the God of Israel is the real deal. They fear God. God picks Timothy not because he's great, but because God is going to be great in him. And so the first thing God tells him, this is a command. He says, you therefore be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, when you think about grace, right, grace is undeserved, unmerited favor. God just been good to you for nothing. Everybody here that's saved, you've been a recipient of the grace of God. God loves you for nothing. You didn't do anything great to be loved by God. You didn't do anything great for God to lavish his care upon you. We didn't do anything good that made God say, I'm going to come down here and die in your place. It's an act of his grace. I'm just being good to you for nothing. It's just a gracious move of God, unmerited, undeserved favor. And so we're as believers in this position where we receive this great grace. God tells Timothy, be strong in the grace, which is in Christ Jesus. Why is that going to be important for ministry for him? It's going to be important that Timothy understand, I got to be strong in the undeserved favor. A lot of what religion does is we're working for something. People, I worked really hard, therefore I deserve. I didn't do this. I refrained from doing this thing right here, therefore I should. God says, you be strong in the grace. Any of you here that have ever been involved, have you ever, have you ever ministered to people coming out of cults, coming out of maybe some legalistic religious groups? They're very proud about what they've done and what they don't do. That's all they can talk about. We don't do, sister, you wearing makeup? Mm. We don't, we, I, I don't know, I don't do that. I don't paint my face. Uh, they'll just be very, you know, proud of what they don't and what they do. They, it's about them. God says, Timothy, it's gonna be important for ministry. You be strong in the grace. Be strong in your awareness that everything that you are is a response of my goodness to you, my unmerited favor towards you. Do you know that we'll walk different if we believe that? If I believe that my ability to serve God in this capacity is not something I earn, not something I deserve, but God just is an unmerited 
grace of God upon my life. I get to do this. Then I'll hold it with a humility. I'll hold it with a thankfulness. I'll be thankful for the opportunity. You can't hold it in pride if it's grace. God tells Timothy, be strong in the grace, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he tells him this, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I wrote my notes, passed the baton. God, after telling Timothy to be strong in the grace, which is in Christ Jesus, the next thing he's going to tell him to do to pass these things on to other faithful men. And I want to give you a couple verses to write down when you think of these all connect. If Timothy's got to be strong in the grace for himself, because later on, he's got to pass this thing along. Imagine that Timothy thinks that he deserves to get to be where he is right now. If he passes that along, he's going to make other little religious people. He's going to make a bunch of other little self-righteous people. God says, be strong in the grace. Understand what I'm doing in your life. Understand that it's the grace of God, the goodness of God. Praise will be easy for you, Timothy. Thankfulness will be easy. You'll be humble easily if you know that I've done this for you. Two verses, if you're writing notes, you can write down. Write down Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 and 11, Paul writing there um, and encouraging believers to be strong once again. But in that place, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And it's interesting, God never commands us to be strong in ourselves. Uh, God never says, Bill, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You know, you just you be strong, be strong. And I, I got to be careful about exhorting other You just need to be strong, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in your trust in him. Where your strength is going to come from is you leaning on God, you trusting in God. There won't be a strength in you that's going to be spiritually fruitful or effective. Our strength has got to come as a connector to the Lord. In Isaiah, if you're writing notes, write down Isaiah chapter 40, 29 to 31. It says this, God says this, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so God says, look, I give power to the weak. It comes from me. Um, when you look at the things that he says toward the end, if, you know, you're going to run and not be weary. You know, anybody here run? You run? The natural thing that happens when you run is you get weary. But God says, when it's my strength, you're going to run, but you won't be weary. Um, these people walk, you know, it says walk and not faint. We may not, it might not connect for us, but where they walked, they walked in the desert. God said, you're going to walk and not faint. Then he says, you're going to mount up with wings like eagles. And I, I just, I love the picture here. Um, you know, if, you, if anybody's seen a pack of pigeons fly, um, what's it sound like when pigeons are flying? It just sounds like a bunch of flapping and noise. It's a, there's feathers and dust and all this noise and stuff going. If you watch an eagle fly, um, it flies faster, it flies higher, and it just, it goes off a cliff and it just, God's giving this thing an amazing wingspan and the weight of it, it just soars. It looks effortless, but it is flying. It can dive. It can do all these things. God says, that, that's what I'll do for you. You will mount up with wings like eagles. It won't be like a pigeon. It won't be like a hummingbird, you know, flapping away. And just, I tried, I tried really hard, Lord. I did the best I could. God said, I'll do it. It'll be my strength and you'll just soar. And so we want to get good at waiting on the Lord. We want to get good at being strong in him. And so again, tells Timothy, be strong in the grace, which is in Christ Jesus. Then he says, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. So Timothy, the things that you've heard me tell you, and I didn't say it just in private, I said it to you in front of lots of other people, many witnesses. The things I've spoken to you, share with you in front of many witnesses. He says, I want you to commit these things to faithful men 
who will be able to teach others also. And so a really important part of the Christian life is that it's being passed along. Uh, the things that God has done for me are not just for me. The things that God has taught me, the lessons he's shared, they're not just for me. They're to be passed along. And so that's why it's important that we share our testimonies. Um, for you guys that have just, and your walk with the Lord, some of us have gone through stuff. Sometimes it ministers to people so much just to be able to hear when you were going through, what they are going through, what God did, how God intervened for you, it ministers to people. God says, Timothy, the things that I've shared with you, the things that I've ministered to you, I want you to share them with other people. I want you to commit it to other faithful men. And so anybody here that's ever maybe tried to share important information, um, it's a certain kind of person that you want to spend the time doing it with. So I want you to commit these things to other, what kind of men? Faithful men, faithful people, people with a character of faithfulness. That word means to be trusty, uh, a person that shows themselves faithful in transactions, someone that can execute commands, you can discharge official duties to, um, someone faithful, someone you can say, here, I'm going to give this to you and I don't have to look back over it. When you find some faithful people, God says, Timothy, as you're going in ministry, you're going to find along the way some faithful people. And I want you to take the faithful people and the things I've committed to you, I want you to commit it to other faithful people who they'll be able to commit it to others. The, the work will just continue to go on. And so one thing that we should know in our relationship with the Lord as we're growing in his grace, as we're growing in our knowledge of his word, that it's never just for us. That the things that God is pouring into us, God says, I want, I want to be able to pour through you. And so I'm teaching you lessons. I'm ministering to you from the word. I'm showing you things that you, you didn't know without me. And I want, I want those things to be able to pour through you to minister to someone else. And so one thing I would ask all of us is, who do you have in your life that you need to be passing things along to? Who's in your life? Who do you have? Who's around you? Who, who's in a position in your life where you would say, man, that person is, that, that person, I need to pass this along. I want to I give this information to them. Um, you guys know one of, my, one of my good friends, a pastor from Calvary Chapel Signal Hill, what his little hobby is, he flies these remote control helicopters and quadcopters. And he's all into, he's a gadget guy. And so we, I took BJ one day to his office and he had a captive audience in BJ to see his toys. And he opened up this closet and he had just toys and all these helicopters. And BJ's just like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, you know, wanting them to fly him. And he's, let me try it. And he's getting all the lessons on the thing or whatever. And so he saw in BJ this, somebody that was just like a captive, like I got his attention. So he just kept going and going and going. He's teaching him how to do all this stuff. So I got to leave with the kid. Now he's begging for one. Dad, can I get one? I want to fly when he wants to get one. But I will say this. He got one and he mastered it. He could just flip it and fly it. And I'm like, that must be easy. Give it to me. And I took it and I just, bam, I, just, I can't do it. You know, um, he had someone that he saw like hey, it'd be worth teaching him how to do it. You know, he's into it. And so he passed it on. And now my son can do it and I can't do it. You know, um, Paul says with regards to these spiritual things, you're going to see people that you see like, man, she's a sponge right now. She's just eating it up, just loving on the Lord. He's just in a place of just receiving and ready. Man, take that person. And you make sure you pour into them everything you can. Take, take what I poured into you and you pour it into them. And one day they're going to be able to pour it into some other people also. And so what you all need to recognize is we're all supposed to be somewhere in that exchange. I, I may be being poured into and simultaneously I'm pouring into someone else. Understand that's the process, how it's supposed to go. At a point, I'm receiving. At another point, I'm giving to other people that are going to be able to keep it going. God wants this thing to keep moving forward. So Commit these things to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Verse 3, 
You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare and entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And so there are going to be a few different analogies that Paul uses, a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. First one is the soldier. And Paul says, look, you must endure affliction, hardship as a good soldier. Something that a lot of Christians don't get prepared for is hardship. There's a lot of, you know, churches and places that would have you to believe that once you give your life to Christ, you guys, it's going to be all, oh, it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be so easy. Oh, you're going to be blessed and highly favored and everything's going to be hunky-dory and wonderful and you're going to have money, you're going to be healthy, you're going to get married, you're going to everything you want, you get a promotion at your job. Um, I can just say those guys are liars. Lies, 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 lies. Who wrote this book? Paul. Would you guys agree with me that Paul is like, if, if, there was, if there was someone that we could look at and say, this dude was a man of God, would you guys agree that Paul is a man of God? I mean, I don't know that you can be... Next, I mean, there's Jesus Christ, God, and as far as people and servants in the New Testament, I'm looking at the Apostle Paul saying, that's like, the, the, I, he's mightily used, wrote most of the New Testament. I mean, this dude was mightily used of God. If, if it was true that if you were really, really godly, you were going to be healthy, blessed, get everything you wanted and have it going on, then something went really wrong, wrong for the Apostle Paul. Uh, it didn't work out that way for him. Where's he writing this letter from? Jail. Paul said at one point, I had an affliction, a thorn in my flesh. And he prayed how many times that God would take it away? Three times. And did God take it away? Where's your faith at, Paul? Oh, Paul. Well, you know, that's, what, that's what the group would say. But Paul said, now, God told me something better. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Your strength is made perfect. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'm doing something greater through allowing that thing to exist than I could do by taking it away. And Paul accepted that. That takes more faith than saying, give me and getting it. To say, God, I receive that. that that's what you say, I receive that, and I'm going to walk in it and not be mad or bitter. And so um, I just want to point that out. Paul is in prison. Paul has had hardship. We're going to look at it a little bit later some of the things that Paul went through, some of what he endured. I'm going to give you a section of Scripture that you need to write down, just highlight it in your Bible. And next time you think you're having a bad day, you go, you go read this section of Scripture and, and backtrack and say, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not that bad, you know. Write this down in your notes. Write down 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 29. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 29. I want to read it because as Paul is telling Timothy to endure hardship, I just want you to know Paul's not just giving commands to do something that he didn't also do. And so I'm going to read you that section of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. Paul says this. He says, are they ministers of Christ? He says, I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, that's getting whipped on your back with these, with these little wooden flexible rods until your back break open. He says, in stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. Paul had been in prison in and out like, like, he, was a, like he was a drug dealer, but he was just bringing the gospel. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. What the Jews would do like they did to Jesus, they would beat you on the back. 40 is the number of judgment. And so they would beat you 39 times and say, we, we have mercy on you. We just did 39. And um, the guys are bleeding half to death. And so 30, he says, five times I got beat like that. Paul's back was beat to a pulp. It was all whipped up. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. You guys remember that place where Paul went into the city to preach the gospel? They stoned him to death. And then uh, I believe they stoned him to death. Some believe that he wasn't there. I believe Paul died. God raised him up. That's when he got the vision of the third heaven, which he said that, you know, I would be sinning to try to put it into words. I can't tell you. But Paul was stoned to death. Then he got back up. God raised him back up. And guess where he went? Back to that city. That's why Paul is my dude. Man, you can, I mean, stoned to death. God, if you stoned me to death because I'm in Compton and God raised me up, am I going back into Compton? Paul did, you know, so maybe so. I don't know. Paul went right back up in there. So he says, I was stoned. Once I was stoned three times, I was shipwrecked. So that means his ship wrecked and he had to be out on the sea and whatever else. He says, a night and a day I have been in the deep. That means for a night and a day, I was in the water on a broken up boat floating a night and a day. He says, in journeys, often in perils of water in perils of robbers, people jacking him in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Anybody been cold and naked? I hope not. (laughs) In cold and nakedness. He says, look, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily my deep concern for all the churches. Paul says, while all of that's happening, that all of those things are happening to me, he says, man, the thing that I got a deep concern for the churches. Paul's still others-centered as all that's going on in his life, still thinking about others, still concerned for the church and how it's doing and how we can. That's why Paul's in prison writing letters to churches. I'm in prison myself, but my thoughts are with you guys out there. And so I'm writing these letters to encourage you and to minister to you and to give you instruction. And so when Paul tells Timothy, look, man, as a good soldier, you need to endure hardship. Believers, we need a dose of that because I've often heard of believers when things get difficult, things like people saying, I, I was mad at God. I, I don't believe there's ever a time where it would be appropriate for a Christian to be mad at God because God did for you and for me what no one else can do. God, God took care of your eternal situation. You deserve hell, but you get to go to heaven. Jesus died on the cross. That's what God did for you and me. So if, if my car crashes and the dog dies and all these other negative things happen, I lose my job and my friends backstab me and blah, blah, blah. God said, don't be mad at me. I, I'm a blown away. Sometimes people are mad at God for things that people on earth did. I don't know how come God let them do that. God let you do the bad stuff you do. So, you know, we just don't ever be mad at God, please. It's like being mad at your only help. It's like being out on the sea and you're going to drown if you stay out there alone and somebody coming by with a lifesaver, you're like, I don't like him. You need to like him right now, okay? You need to get over it. That's the only way to be saved. So that's how dumb it is to be mad at God. Don't be mad at God. At your worst moment, you need him. And so Satan would love for you to be mad at him when you need him the most because if you don't have God, what do you have? You just got everything Satan want to throw at you. No protection, no peace, no joy, no sustenance. You want to be drawn near to him like never before in difficult times. And so Paul says to Timothy, I want you to be strong in the grace. He says, I want you to pass these things on to other people. He says, hey, as a good soldier, you're going to endure hardship. You know, part of the Christian life is like being a soldier. And 
You need to be a good soldier. You need to be able to endure hardship. When hardship comes, Timothy, you can't quit. You can't back out. You can't say, ah, you know what? I was trying real. I was serving God, and then all these different things happened. I'm, I'm not doing it no more. Then what does the Bible say? The Bible says if you put your hand to the plow and you turn back, anybody know what it says? You're not fit. You're not fit for the kingdom. Right? You can't put your hand to the plow and then turn back. God says, you just, when you put your hand, you, you don't stop. You go for the rest of your life. You go until you come meet me. You be about that life. You be about the life of serving God, of living for him. And so he says, Timothy, be a good soldier, man. Hardship is guaranteed. Later on this letter, in the next chapter, in chapter 3, verse 12, Paul tells Timothy, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You can count on persecution, Timothy. If you live godly, you can count on some people not appreciating it. You can count on some people, you know, messing with you because of it. So just, just get just ready. Get ready for it. If I told a group of guys that were getting ready to play football, hey, guys, when you go out on that field, that other color team, they come in to get you. They come in to hit you. They want to hurt you. It, it would be inappropriate to send them out there and not give them that information and say, hey, guys, go out there. And maybe they're going to be nice. Maybe you guys are going to hug each other and just walk up and down the field. Y'all know that's not going to happen. Well, in the Christian life, it's not going to happen either. You're not going to sell out, live for God, try to lead other people out of darkness into the light, take people from death to life, and Satan just lets you mosey on. It's going to be a war. But don't we have the victory already? We're fighting from the position of victory. God's already said, you, are, you win. You win. Just keep going. I got this. You win already. And so don't stop. Don't, don't bow out. Don't, when it gets difficult, don't quit. You got to keep going to get the victory. If you quit, you lose. But it's a loss not because God wouldn't have given the victory. It's a loss because you didn't go get it. Like the story in uh, the Old Testament when God had told the Israelites, I want you to go spy out the land that I'm giving it to you. Like I'm giving it to you. The victory is yours. You just got to go get it. And they went in. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, hey, it looks good. I mean, it is truly what God said. It is a land of milk and honey. The grapes are like, whoo, you know, we need to go get it. But what did the rest of the guys come back and say? The 10, they said, oh, no. Oh, man. Forget about that stuff. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. No, no. And everybody listened to the majority. The majority voted not to go do what God said do. And Joshua and Caleb were like, let's go get this. That's our bread. That, that's, that's God gave it to us. They got to go get it later. But because they were afraid, because they didn't go get it, they didn't get to have it. Right. Had they gone, God said, I've given it to you. But they didn't get it. So, too, with us, there are things that God says, I've given you the victory, but you got to go get it. You can't have the victory sitting on your behind. You can't have the victory bowing out of the battle. You got to go through it to get the victory. And so whatever that means for you, it might be that God has called some of you to be doing something. And as you're going through it, it gets difficult. Sometimes that's your hint that you're on the right track. Keep going. Um, some of us have been called to do things as we, we start doing them and other things in our life happen that are distractions. And, and God would say, don't stop. Don't let anything stop you from what I called you to do. Be a good soldier. So again, he tells Timothy, be a good soldier. What, one aspect of being a good soldier is that you're going to endure hardship. The word endure means to undergo, um, to be afflicted. It's just going to be a part of what happens in your life. Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Then he gives them this. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. He says, no one that's engaged in the battle entangles himself in the things of this life. What's that mean for us, right? If I'm in the battle, right, I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm in the army of the Lord. I'm serving God. God says that you don't entangle yourself in the, the things of this life. You can't be wrapped up in this life 
Uh, I can't be entwined, overly involved with the things of this life if God is saying, I've called you to be about this over here. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Are you in the area and looking for a church to call home? We'd love to welcome you into our community. Head on over to CalvaryInglewood.org to learn more about the church and the people in it. And then come see us this Sunday. For those of you who can't make it, don't worry. Technology is an amazing thing and we're using it to leverage the kingdom. You can follow our live stream on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook, and you can always go back and watch it later on YouTube. There's a link on our website, which was CalvaryInglewood.org. In this series, Pastor Bill is going through the book of 2 Timothy, a letter of the Apostle Paul. Timothy was neck deep in ministry troubles, and Paul wrote to encourage him and give him instructions like these ones found in 2 Timothy 2.1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is a series you won't want to miss. And if you'd like to jump in and become part of this ministry, you'll find opportunity to give online or on our mobile app. Give to a transforming word and join us in spreading the transforming good news of Jesus Christ. You'll never know how far your gift will go. Well, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back next time for another great word from Pastor Bill right here on A Transforming Word.